How many of you would like to be a strong person? All right? You'd, and you'd like to be known as a strong person. I suspect that'd be anybody, right? Uh, the most evil person would like to be known as a strong person, and the most righteous person would like to be known as... I mean, that's just... That's in us. Um, I don't know about you. I have a family. Uh, I would like to have a strong family. I'd like to have a strong family. Um, I would definitely like to have a strong church. Amen? Uh, what's more important, a big church or a strong church? Well, strong church, right? A strong church will grow into whatever God wants it to grow into. It's his church. It's not ours. It's his. Uh, so we want a strong church. Um, at work, my, the work where I work at, I would like a strong department. I would like a strong team. I would like a strong business. There's something good about being strong. You wake up in the morning, wake up, and you feel strong. You had to be careful with this, this word feeling, by the way. But if you know you're strong, you're strong, and it comes with a feeling of strength as well, undoubtedly. And so I would like to answer this question this morning is, how how can you become a strong person? Because I know we all want that. We want that inner strength that's unshakable. When hard times, tough times come, you're still strong. And so I'd like to address that today. And there's, there's six things that, that I see, and they're in the back of your pages there. Um, there's six things that I kind of glean from these series of scriptures that we'll be looking at today. And you can kind of follow along. And all of these scriptures that we'll be reading are on, on our reading list as well for this week. But Ephesians 6, 10 through 15 is where we're going to be looking at. And uh, so I'll just kind of launch into it. I'm going to read these, these uh, six verses, 10 through 15, and then we're going to kind of look at them one by one. All right, so it says in Ephesians 6, 10 through 15, in conclusion, you be strong. In the Lord. Now, I know that word you isn't there, but that's implied. All right. You be strong in the Lord. And I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Version, so you're going to see some amplification of the meanings here. But in the Amplified, it says to draw your strength from Him, that's God, and to be empowered through your union with Him. Wow, that's a very thoughtful statement there. It produces thought provoking. Um, but it says, and in the power of His boundless might. Put on the full armor of God. That's his precepts that are like a splendid armor of a heavily armored soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. In other words, we're not contending only against physical opponents. In other words, people. People aren't the problem. The devil's the problem but against the rulers and against powers and against the world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly supernatural places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you may be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that this crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable, victorious. So stand firm and hold your ground. Having tightened the wide band of truth, that's personal integrity and moral courage, around your waist and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, an upright heart, 
and having strapped your feet uh, on your feet the gospel of peace in the prep in, in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and readiness produced by the good news. Now I'm not here to talk to you about the different components of the uh, of the armor of God. That's not the purpose. I'm here to tell you what it takes to be a strong per- person based on these scriptures. And we're just going to kind of start from the top. And I'm going to read each scripture, uh, each verse, and then give you some thoughts that have come to me as I've, as I've studied this for these for myself. I'll tell you what, there's nothing more wonderful than studying the Bible for yourself. And uh, if you want, uh, I don't know, I won't say that. I'm kind of getting me, like my dad. I, I start to say something, I, I back off from, from it. So I'm going to back off from what I was about to say. Verse 10, in conclusion... Be strong in the Lord, draw your strength from him, and be empowered through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. So here's principle number one, or here's thought number one of how we can become a stronger person. We need, listen to this, we need to learn how to access our strength in God instead of ourselves. You can't be strong in yourself for very long. You can be strong in yourself for a period of time, but it is exhausting and demoralizing after a while. And so we're told, you know, in humanist from a humanistic kind of secular perspective, just dig deeper. Dig deeper. Dig deeper where? Inside yourself. You will find your answers inside yourself. You will find your strength inside yourself. Well, let me give you this example that debunks that myth right there, and that is this. As um, fighter jets are, are going and you know, traveling to a place that their fuel won't get them to, they have to be refueled in midair. And what happens, and I've seen this on TV, you probably have as well, is that this big old tanker plane comes midway and gets that jet refueled. And there's this, there's this pole that's basically pull down from the big old tanker into, I believe, the front of the jet as they're flying at who knows how many miles per hour and who knows at what altitude, and that jet is refueled, and that that pole or that kind of hose, you know, real, uh, it's, it's a pole is what it is, retracted back into the fuel tanker, and that jet can get to its destination. So what if we were to tell that that jet engine or that uh, yeah that jet pilot you know what you're almost out of gas just dig deeper you'll find some fuel inside yourself just dig a little deeper you know go find scrape the bottom of your barrel down there and get some more fuel you can get there that jet pilot say you're out of your mind come bring me my fuel I can't make it all right so let's read this verse again with that picture in our minds. It says, in conclusion, be strong. What? In the Lord. Not in yourself. Draw your strength. The Amplified Version says this. Draw your strength from Him. Don't dig deeper. Go to God. And it says, you'll be empowered through your union with Him. We'll picture that, that hose, that pipe, or whatever it is that comes out of the... That's our faith. Now, are you going to have faith in your faith, or are you going to have faith in that big old, big old uh, refueling plane that's going to give you the strength that you need? All your faith is, is your connection with God. 
Now, in some ways, we underplay faith. In other ways, we overplay faith. People who just constantly say, "You, your faith in God is so powerful. Your faith in God really isn't that powerful. What's powerful is the God that's fueling your faith. Amen? Amen? So faith is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But it's just a connection with God. So, yes, we need to strengthen our connection with God, but the good stuff is what comes through the connection from God to us. In this case, strength. How do you get strength? Connect yourself to your Lord, and you will get boundless strength day in and day out. When you start looking for strength in yourself, though, you'll get weaker and weaker and weaker, and eventually, you who knows what will happen to you, all right? Who knows? I need, I need God every day. I need God every day. I was, Lisa and I were talking about this. You know what? I leak. I leak. I heard a, I, my parents referred this from another preacher. Somebody said this. But what do I mean by I leak? I get things from God, and it lasts only so long, and then it's out of me. <laughs> and I need more. I need more of God. All right? That's why reading your Bible once a week isn't going to get you anywhere. You're going to leak that out in a day or less than a day. The Bible says meditate on his word day and night so that you will be strengthened. All right? And so uh, listen to this. We're talking about strength. We're talking about receiving our strength from the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. It's just a, a, a piece of this verse. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And I heard this, this other pastor say this many times. He said, much joy, much strength. Little joy, little strength. All right? We need the joy, God's joy, to overflow onto us every day of the week. And last week we talked about this. I want to make God happy. What happens? I make God happy. His joy spills over to me in blessing, one of those blessings being joy. I make God happy some more. God's blessings keep spilling into my life. It's this virtuous cycle that just helps me to grow and stay, stay strong. So, number one, we've got to learn to access God's strength instead of my own strength. All right, let's move on to verse 11, see what else we find here. Put on the full armor of God, it says in where are we at? In Ephesians 6, 11, it says, Put on the full armor of God, for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armored soldier. You picture some of these Fort Bliss army soldiers, these army rangers or cavalry guys, that they've got bulletproof vests on, they've got all their equipment on, it's steaming hot outside, but you know, they're, they they have armor all around them that protects them to a certain extent. So that you may be able to successfully stand against, picture this, somebody standing against opposing force, stand your ground, all right? All the schemes, where are you standing against? The schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. So let's just real quick, a scheme is a predictable method of evil, a predictable method of evil. That's what a scheme is. There's nothing, after you've lived a certain length in your life, there's nothing the devil can do with you, do to you that you haven't already kind of gone through. <laughs> that you already have either seen happen to someone else or you he's got a list that's maybe this long. It's not that long. 
And you know what he's going to do to you, especially you know your own weaknesses. He uses the same tactics against you over and over again. When are we going to learn the lesson and say, you know what, I'm not going to give, I'm not going to give in to that anymore. I know what he's doing to me. I've been through this a hundred times. I've been down this path a hundred times. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. The person that does that starts living a victorious life. Don't, don't keep succumbing to the same things. But that's really not the point that I want to make here. The armor of God, isn't it crazy how when you read a scripture a thousand times, you can still get a thousand and one blessings from it, right? The word of God is living and active. And the Holy Spirit brings and takes the same verse you've read a billion times and makes it fresh and new to you again. And that's what he did for me here with this scripture. Put on the armor. The armor is a boundary around your spiritual life. The spiritual armor is a, is a boundary around your spiritual life. And furthermore, it says to take a stand against, meaning you're defending, you're defending a boundary. You're defending a boundary. Uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven has an expansionistic policy, an expand, expansionistic policy. In other words, the kingdom of heaven is growing, you know, Russia, they had an expansionistic uh, policy. They went into Crimea, and they're, they're, trying, to, they're, they're trying to have border disputes with the Ukraine. And, and you, know, you know what Russia is trying to do, all right? The kingdom of heaven, in a good sense, is trying to expand. It's taking its boundaries, its borders, and growing them. And so I think of when we were in Iraq. You know, when we first entered Iraq through, I think it was Kuwait, we went through that desert and we're expanding quickly the, the allied forces boundaries or borders into Iraq very quickly. But when we started hitting some of the big towns, in particular Baghdad, it slowed progress down. You know, we started having to take ground, hold it, take one step, hold it, and this urban warfare slowed us down. You know what? The enemy isn't besieging you you're besieging the enemy. We are in an offensive position as Christians, not in a defensive position. Now, a defensive person says, God, why is this happening to me? An offensive person says, I'm taking it to the enemy even if I have to besiege his stronghold for the next 12 months. I'm not going to put up with it. We're going to see Jessica delivered from whatever it is she's going through. You, you take your problems, Lorraine, we're going to besiege that problem until she is completely healed and restored. Amen? See, this is the, that spiritual aggressiveness in saying, you know, instead of, well, my, my spouse has been sick for 10 years and I can't get out of the house, stop already and say, I'm coming against this in the name of Jesus. Be aggressive. And so we have boundaries. We have boundaries. And the weak person doesn't defend his or her boundaries. Do you know that? They don't defend. Anybody comes in, a squatter, you know what a squatter is? Someone who takes up, they take a part of your property, and then after a certain number of years, they've, they're given squatters rights, and you lose part of what you had. We're not that kind of people. When we take, we take property away from the enemy, so to speak, we're going to begin to defend those boundaries. And then we're going to take another step and we're going to defend those boundaries. And we're going to take more and more territory away from the enemy. All right? That in and of itself is going to produce strength in us because our attitude is flipped around from a vic victim 
into a victor. We are victorious in Christ Jesus. We're not a victim of the enemy's, of the enemy's schemes. So a strong person is strong because they've determined what's important to God and what's important to them. And I want to ask you, have you determined what's important to God? Have you determined what's important to God? If it is, you need to start defending that and saying, here's the boundary line. I don't care what, who says what or who does what. This is territory for the kingdom of heaven. It's important to God. It's important to me. And therefore, I'm going to defend this unyieldingly for the rest of my life. That's a strong person. And that attitude is what makes a person strong, (laughs) is when they say, these are the boundaries. Now, notice that I said here, that I've mentioned here, what's important to God. This isn't little trivial skirmishes between you and someone else about things. There's some battles that aren't meant to be fought. You know, being right all the time is highly overrated. We aren't right all all of the time. And even if you are and it doesn't matter that much, let the other guy win every so often. You know, given in your marriage, let, let your spouse have their way when it makes sense. And then sometimes you can have your way. So it's only the important things that we need to focus on in creating these boundaries. And so we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and know what truly is important to God. But what are some examples of boundaries that God gives us in the Word? Well, one of them is, for instance, the Sabbath. It's really important to God that you take a day off every week and that you guard that day and that you don't let anything infringe on that day. I don't know if you'll notice this, but the the day of the week that I get the most texts is on a Saturday, all right? And if you'll notice, I rarely respond on Saturdays because that's my day off. (laughs) And I have to guard that that boundary and say, you know what? I've got to have time for my family. I've got to be able to rest a little bit. That's important to God. Therefore, it's important to me. Therefore, I'm going to defend it. Do you see what I mean? That's so important that we, that we set boundaries that are important to God. Let me give you a couple of other examples. It's important to God that you have a devotional time with him every, most every day and that that time be when you're freshest, not when you're tiredest, all right? Not when you're weakest, all right? So figure out when you're strongest, when, when you're most awake, most alert, most able to absorb what the Holy Spirit might tell you, or you read in the Bible, and spend 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes, an hour, whatever you can afford, and let that, that guard that time. Say, I'm not going to let anything infringe on this time. I'm going to spend this time with God. That's important to God. It's important to you. You know what's important to God is your body. Taking care of your body. Your health is important to God. All right? So it's more than just a diet. It's more than just a New Year's resolution. You know, it's something God's interested in. And so if, if, God, if God has showed us through science that exercise and eating healthy, uh, you know, and taking care of our bodies is what's going to keep us living longer and feeling better, it's important to him. We're, our bodies are the, whole, the uh, temple of the Holy Spirit. Let's treat our bodies as such then. 
and let's let's uh, let's do what's important to God there. Draw some boundaries. That that cookie is there. Does God want you to eat and enjoy food? Absolutely, does He want you to? But in moderation. That's my problem. So it's hard to be moderated whenever you're uh, uh, whenever you're eating. But you know what? Do it. If you've eaten two cookies, stop and don't eat the third. I'll give you a couple of other just quick examples. The narrowness, listen to this. This is interesting. I had somebody recently challenge me on this. The narrowness of your calling and your giftings. You can't be everything to everybody. You just can't, all right? So you got to figure out what God has called you to do and therefore what he's equipped you to do through your giftings and stick with that. <laughs> stick with that. You're not going to, you, none of us are supermen or superwomen. We can only do what God has called us to do through the giftings that he's equipped us with. And so the narrowness of our callings is very, is very important to understand. And keeping those boundaries. You know what? I can only do so much working and, 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 and here at the church. There's only so much that I can do. And so I figured out what that is, and I'm sticking with it, even if it makes somebody upset. I can't help it. I'm only doing what I can do. You know, this is what God called me to do. And I'm going to have to say, listen to this. This is interesting. Warren Buffett says this, all right, probably the world's greatest investor, all right? He says, successful people say no most of the time. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but that, that was basically what he said. Successful people say no most of the time. Why? Because they've figured out what their boundaries are, and that's what they're sticking to. I love it. In Psalm 16, it says, your boundary lines or my boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Amen. What God has given you to do in your life, do that, stick with it, and do a good job. And, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, fan into flame the gift that was given to you through the laying on of my hands. All right? If God's given you a gift, he wants you to use it. But if you're off over here doing a million other things and not doing the very thing that God has made you good at, that's, that's criminal. That's tragic. Don't get so overly busy that you can't do what God has called you to do. I'll give you one last example, all right? Um, this may end up being a two-week sermon. In fact, I have, I have a sense that it is. Because <laughs> I, I, you've got to get through this, this, the, the, the importance of each one of these. But my, my mother-in-law had an alcoholic brother, all right? My mother-in-law had an alcoholic, Tina's mom had an alcoholic brother, and she let him live in her house while Tina and her siblings were growing up. And at one point, my mother-in-law decided to kind of draw the line and say, you know what, you're, you're out of here. She, she, you know, she saw that the, his, his addictions were affecting the family. She drew a boundary line and kicked him out of the house. And you know what? That experience brought sobriety to, to his life. You know what? Can I tell you something? Love is tough sometimes. Love is not a weak thing. Love isn't always you taking it and taking it and taking it. Love stands up and draws boundaries and said, if you don't do this, I'm not going to do this. Do you understand? God wants us to be that way. He wants us to draw boundaries, and love is tough. Don't forget that. Well, let's try to hit one more, and then we'll hit the other three next, next Sunday. Um, so I'll, I'll just, let me express this. The second thing about a strong person or the second 
aspect of a strong person is they set godly boundaries and they just don't compromise on them. <laughs> they say, this is, this is it. And you have to have that personal conviction. I can think of several times in my life, it was tough decisions, hard decisions. But when you know in your heart of heart that, you've done, that it's the right thing to do and God's given you some clarity on it, no matter what anybody says around you or the criticisms that you're going to take, you do it because you know it's the right thing to do. And it, you, it, you're going to be a stronger for it. You're going to receive strength from it. All right, let's just read one more. In verse 12 of Ephesians 6, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that is contending only with physical opponents, but against rulers and against powers and against world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly and supernatural places. And we have to realize, um, this is number three, we have to recognize uh, the spiritual implications of the conflicts that we face. This, there's spiritual things going on, and I'm not a person to go looking for a demon under every rock, but I'm not a fool either. I realize that there's spiritual, uh, there, there's spiritual conflicts that are going on that present themselves in a human way. So um, recently I've had a couple of conflicts at work with people. I've had conflicts in this church recently with a couple of people. Conflicts, like I disagreements. I don't agree with you. I don't think this is right. I'm, all right, you know what? you can kind of stand back from it. And sometimes it's just people not agreeing. And so you just, okay, well, let's figure out how to fix this or agree to disagree or whatever we got to do. But sometimes you can feel the spiritual, mm, you know, the, the, the thing that's going on there that's driving this person through, through whatever to, to disagree with you. And so a strong person is going gonna, is gonna to accept and acknowledge the fact that there's spiritual conflict going on here. And it's only going to be remedied through spiritual means. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get down on my knees. And we're going to see a breakthrough in this conflict. Or, or I'm going to stand in, in prayer for people that are missing, you know, Miwa and, and Jasmine. I mean, I can, I can rattle off about eight different families right now that aren't here because of spiritual conflict. And so I'm going to go to prayer this week for them. And I'm going to stand in the gap for them. And I'm going to pray that whatever conflict, challenges, struggles they're going through, God comes in and fixes on their behalf. Because the Bible says no one can withstand the Lord. It's powerful. So remember this. People are not your enemy. <laughs> How many are you in a struggle with somebody right now? Obviously, you can keep it private. I'm not going to ask you. All right. We're all, most of us are in a struggle with somebody. You know what? They're not your enemy. Figure out who they are. Think about them. Don't say it out loud. Close your eyes. Picture their face that you may not be too pleased with them right now. You might have a word or two, uh, you know, uh, to, to describe them. They're not your enemy. The enemy's the enemy, all right? Who's the enemy? Satan's your enemy. The devil is your enemy. His minions are your enemy, <laughs> All right? De demon forces are your enemy. If there's any place, any wonderful place where you can have complete hatred for somebody or something, it's the devil. You can hate him and should hate him with all your heart. And your attitude towards him should be, you know what? It's either him or me, and it's not going to be me. He's going down. 
He's going down. You get that aggressive, that strong attitude, you're going to be stronger. So listen to this. If you think you're in a human conflict, you're already weak. But if you realize uh, that the conflict is spiritual in nature and you're reaching out to get God's divine help, you are strong. So let me say that again. If you think everything is just human and there's no spiritual anything going on, you're weak from the get-go. But by the mere realization that the enemy influences people, even yourself, all right, that in and of itself causes you to be a stronger person because half the battle is, is won. Let me, I'll end with this. Um, you know, the word occultic, occultic, it simply means hidden. All right. There's the, the, the Satan's number one approach is to hide himself. He wants to hide himself. He wants you to think that it's a people problem when it's actually a spiritual problem. And so occultic means it's hidden. He's always trying to hide. All right. So we want to unveil that in the name of Jesus and say, you know what? This is I see what's going on here. And I'm coming against you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But it says something before that. Submit yourselves to the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you want victory in your life, submit yourself to God. Amen. That's that's the ticket. So the, the three things that we've talked about this week are, first, how to be a strong person. Learn to access God's strength for yourself instead of relying on your own strength. Number two, set godly boundaries and just don't compromise anymore. Don't compromise anymore. Thirdly, recognize the spiritual implications of your conflicts. Amen? Let's pray.